40th book off banter. This is going to be our last normal, I'm saying that with inverted commas, episode for a few episodes, probably, because we're going to try and pre-record just a few to give me like the slightest fighting chance of coping with my life. Um, If things are okay and I'm managing, we might like mix in some normal and then but we've got some specials like with some guests and but potentially there won't be like Wanker of the Week or the news, those episodes. But anyway, we're trying to just keep it going. So it's every fortnight. Um, I'm loving how much social media is like active and everyone's chatting. That's like amazing. Krista is just a hero and has done all the social media because I am fucking shit at social media. But it's really, really nice. Like I'm messaging Ellie every day like, I love that thing that you've put on. Or That's such a good idea. Can we talk about that? So I hope you're all really enjoying it as well. And it's making it like a little community. Yeah, absolutely. It's been brilliant. Response has been fantastic. Um, and I, I love doing the social media side of it. So um, it's it's win-win for me too. It's really good fun. So have you got any news? And I hope your news is better than mine because mine's <laughs> shit. Um, I don't have any very exciting news. Um, I have booked a lesson though, because I was sort of, you know, with COVID and EHV and everything, I was sort of dithering and, you know, what would I do? Um, in the end, um, I didn't really want to just go schooling by myself and I felt I'd need a little more prep before I went to a show. So I decided to book a lesson with a new coach. So I'm quite excited about that. That's going to be on Friday. So uh, hopefully I'll have something to chat about regarding that afterwards. Um, I've had a big change around of things at home. Um, it's been a long winter. I have a lot more horses in than normal and um, busy calving and stuff. Um, and it's it's been really good because it, I just kind of got to the stage where I needed to sort of rejig things, which I have done. So I've got a lot less yard work um, and a lot more time actually riding the horses, which means that the two four-year-olds have gone out for a bit of a break and Ping has been dragged out of semi-retirement, uh, which has been really, really good fun. Um, so we're doing that. It's not really news for anybody else, but it's uh, it's been big news for me. Only having a couple it's of things. Big news for day. Ping, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Ping's yeah, really no, happy. She's so happy. It's hilarious. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, she's she's bronking and squealing every day, which is really cool. So she she won't compete, but I can do a lot with her at home, especially with a bit more time. So, no, yeah, I thought I'm that was an that. amazing. It was an amazing post, though, because that's what we need to do I think sometimes you get caught don't you like this is what I've done I'll just keep doing it keep doing it and you've lost all the fun all the love but you just kind of like just keep my head down and actually sometimes you're far better aren't you to just be like okay let's have a shake up and let's do something different absolutely yeah I I just as I said I had got to stage where I was very very tired um and you know we're busy sort of calving at night time and stuff as well and I just got to the point where I was done and I just kind of really realized I needed to uh, sort of prioritize myself a little bit more in uh, that sounds a bit selfish I know but you know when you're knackered all the time and you're not achieving anything and you've got nothing to look forward to you become quite miserable to live with and I'm sure you know you're not doing anything you're not, you're not helping anybody anywhere um but by doing this I uh, sort of putting putting myself first in terms of how much I'm doing I'm, a, I'm I'm better rested I'm getting a lot more enjoyment out of my day I'm a lot more motivated getting out of bed every morning. And as you say, sometimes you actually have to do that and everybody benefits. Yeah. You know, we tend to think if we prioritise ourselves, it's being selfish. But there are times where if you prioritise yourself, everybody else in your immediate circle will benefit. Yeah, I definitely think that. I, I read that and thought that's something that I would be really slow to do. But then when you do it, you're like, oh, yeah. why did I not just do that ages ago? 
things could have been so much easier. Yeah, definitely. I just have more time now. And it means when Charlie comes home from school, I'm finished on the yard and I get to spend time with him and, you know, everything's just working better. So for me, it's not news for everybody else, but it's it's kind of news for me. It's it's not doesn't come naturally to me to, to think that way. So, so um, we just want to quickly say that um, Krista is trying to record this episode in her car. <laughs> <laughs> And I've also, I set my washing machine off just before we started to record and then thought, shit, I can really hear the washing machine. And I tried to pause it, but the pause button won't pause. So, I mean, obviously it's professional as ever, but yeah, we're giving it a try, aren't we? Yeah, as I said at the start, the BBC won't be giving me a job anytime soon. Um, Yeah, just, we, we, we live in a bungalow and the last episode I did was great, but we had drama with Wi-Fi right before the episode started and I was just then my child was becoming increasingly more hysterical in the kitchen because he wanted to come down and see what I was doing and in the end I was just like oh this is stupid so I've parked the car right beside the house I've got the Wi-Fi from the house and it's actually lovely I don't know I haven't thought about setting up like a home (laughs) office space in the car previously because I can lock the doors so they can't get in (laughs) um all we can do is gesticulate through the window so I just gesticulate back um and it's very comfortable and it's warm and the sound isn't too bad and I've got my microphone propped up on the steering wheel I've got my laptop on my I I just think this is great I think more people need to do this and like if things go really badly I can just drive away I've got visions of them coming to the window and you squirting them with the window washer and putting the wipers on Charlie like clinging to the windscreen (laughs) (laughs) driving away (laughs) wiping him off (laughs) Um, no time on my own (laughs) so yeah yeah, we hope that the sound is good because Krista never wants to come out of this car so I might yeah stay here I think it's brilliant yeah um (laughs) winning definitely winning I did point out that if I still have my lorry or if I could go and buy a new lorry, that this problem, I could just be in my lorry then and then I would have like a house on wheels. But uh, yeah, he wasn't having any of it. I'm going to have to stick with the car for now, I'm afraid. First world problems. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So my news, uh, first of all, I got goats, which... Oh, this is so good. Oh God, the goats, Okay. I was like, should I talk about this? The goats have been an emotional roller coaster, okay? So on Mother's Day, I hadn't slept for two nights before. And I was kind of expecting like a, you know, quite a chill, low-key morning. And instead, Henry was up all night, obviously because he was so excited about the goats, I didn't realise. So he was up all night. And then... um, he came barreling into my room at like six o'clock in the morning, woke me up, just like incessantly talking, like, let's go outside, come on. And I was a bit like, I was sort of expecting breakfast in bed and some sort of like, you know, nice, (laughs) (laughs) not like, mommy, come on outside. So anyway, eventually he told me like, we've got you goats. And I was like, great. What? the fuck like I am two weeks away from having a child which I'm already having like because I'm that sort of person I'm already having a nervous breakdown about how I'm going to cope we have now got two goats (laughs) goats seem to dislike people quite intensely so 
they wanted no part in Mother's Day at all. So it wasn't even like they were these cute little like, hi, we're so pleased to see you. Like they were like, who the fuck are you? And like one of them's aggy as hell, probably quite similar to me. So I did go in the house and cry. <laughs> in fairness, Katie, the first video you posted was of the goats trying to break in <laughs> through a glass window. So <laughs> I'm not surprised you went inside and cried. Not surprised. And then I did feel really guilty because actually I love, I've always wanted goats and I really love that like me and Ben are absolutely in no way, shape or form proper grown-ups. Like we never plan things properly. You know, we wouldn't like get a paddock ready and then get a goat. We'd get a goat and then go, oh fuck, it keeps escaping. Like what could we do now? Let's try and fashion something with twine. And I like that about our lives. Like it makes for probably quite a stressful life, but I think it's fun. So I said to him, like, look, it was slightly irrational and not the best timing, but like, it's all good. So that was calamity number one, was Goatville. And then he rang me, bless him. And he was like, how, like a few days later, and he was like, how are they? I was like, they're still bellends, Ben. They won't come anywhere near me. (laughs) We tried to lead them. Honestly, they just like set off in completely random directions. They're like, anyway, um, so that was calamity number one. Then on Monday, um, Manny decided that he thought it was really good timing to get colic. So (laughs) that was awesome. Walking Manny around the arena for half an hour. um, Well, hobbling Manny. Manny felt really sorry for himself because he's a gelding and geldings do, don't they? He was like, might as well just end it now. No, no point for me. <laughs> so he was like crawling around the arena and I was like shuffling along, like, come on, Manny. Um, but actually he managed to avoid a vet bill. I rang the vet and the vet was like, just keep an eye on him and came to nothing. So that was really, really good. He just scared the shit out of me for the whole morning. And then on Thursday, I came out in the stable and went to Papan on the walker and was like, oh my God, his leg's like a tree trunk. So with any other horse, actually, I'm going to, I was probably going to lie there because I'm shit with my horses. Like (laughs) with other people, I would be like quite calm. When it's my horses, I'm much less so. I think I've mentioned before on the podcast, Ben's never forgiven me (laughs) for calling a vet for an abscess because I thought the horse had broken its leg and Ben had to pay the vets to dig out an abscess, (laughs) which obviously like never let me live down. So yeah, so... I rang Ben, I was like, oh my God, like his leg is double the size. And Ben was like, like, is it cellulitis? And I said, yeah, well, it probably is, but then it's pancakes. So we might've done a tendon because he's always doing tendons. And Ben was like, well, it's probably cellulitis. No, it'll be a tendon. I can't bear it. <laughs> I think my exact words, I was reminded at a later date, were like, it's just not worth it anymore. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> oh my God, though, we do, it does get like that, though, in fairness. It <laughs> yeah. does get like that. Honestly, I think if I could get an Oscar for like performances when I look at Pancake, anyway, it was. Yeah, are you dramatic or are you provoked? Well, cellulitis is still quite provoking, to be fair. It's a horrible thing. Like, I know, like his legs started to burst open, so that's great, because now he can't go out, and he wants to go out, so now I can only turn him out for a little bit in the arena, but then he gallops around, so then I'm like, he's going to do a tendon, oh my God! Um, so the whole thing's just it completely... It's too much, yeah, because it just feels a bit too much, I'm not surprised. It is, this new session's going to go on forever, but um, so I went to the midwife, and 
she was like asked me questions about delivery and all this and then she was like you're quite an anxious person aren't you and I said to Krista like the midwife said to me you're quite an anxious person you seem to overthink Krista was like no you're just sensible like the horses are like colicking getting cellulitis this is just Going to trying to knock your house down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a lot going on. I felt actually a bit like outraged on your behalf. I thought calling you anxious at that point was quite unreasonable on the midwife's part, to be honest. I was like, well, walk down her shoes now, Mrs. Midwife. <laughs> See how you cope with goats and colics. <laughs> oh, God. Animals, though. I know. I think it was literally just because last week, because I've not really got any news. Not really got any wank of the week because then they fucking came thick and fast. So the universe delivers always. <laughs> yeah, I'm never saying that again. So we'll we'll get on to our topic, which is you did a post, I think. I think that's what prompted this topic about horse buying disasters. Is that right? Is that where this came from? Oh, I don't know. Probably I'll post a lot of crap on the internet, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> um yeah, it's it's I I yeah, probably it was me, yeah. Or it was possibly prompted at one point we were definitely talking about um my buying of the Irish cob. <laughs> I think it's this budding enterprise we have lined up for post-pregnancy from like going to look at horses for Katie and sending over six on a truck. <laughs> Where the Irish transporter. <laughs> They're all a bit lively and Ben has to handle them all <laughs> at three o'clock in the morning. Exactly. Um, so we started to message and say like, oh, this would actually be quite a good topic because for sure, like we've we've bought some real good disasters, haven't we? Um, so my first disaster was my first pony. I think, you know, start as you mean to go on. Started early then, yeah. Yeah, I went for it. So where like if you had a horsey family, they would get you, you know, a really good, like old, sensible but I didn't come from a horsey family. So my first pony was from this riding school that I went to. And I say riding school in like the loosest sense of the word. <laughs> like I really do. Because this place, I think they used to just go to the sales and just like buy a horse and stick a few kids on. And if it wasn't broken after a few lessons, it bloody was. That's what we do here. Talking about. <laughs> it's like situation normal here. <laughs> one pony called Theo and it was a fucker absolute fucker nobody wanted it like for the lesson and it got sold oh god about five times and it always came back boomerang yeah and this bastard thing like it was really a pretty pony but it was the worst pony and when you look back you probably think it's probably had ulcers its back was probably out like it's saddle pretty different fit but anyway it had like a evil the most evil book so anyway, I eventually talked my granny into buying me a pony and I'd seen this pony at the yard, like a little fluffy white, you know, sedate thing. So we went up there to buy that. And the guy was just like, no, 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 you don't want that one. You, d- you don't want that one. You want Theo, who'd just been returned. And I was like, <laughs> it's only nine. But I was like, no. I don't really like him. Like, I, I don't think I want him. And he was like, oh, he's he's changed. Like, he, he's a reformed He's been in, in rehab and he's in therapy and he's come out and he's he's fine now. He's yeah. seen the error of his ways. <laughs> he <laughs> so. has. He's, he's on the straight and narrow. 
we've renamed him Lucifer he's an angel <laughs> so I was like no no I, I don't I want that fluffy white one and he said oh I couldn't sell that to you like we have we've only just bought it and we you know we wouldn't be able to give you any guarantees with it like and so my granny bless her you know was like taken in hook line and sinker and she was like oh well whatever you say um, and obviously I was like, well, I don't want to not get a pony today in case she changed their mind. I don't get a pony. Yeah. So he put me on Theo, who was clearly doped to fuck and was like, take him <laughs> down in the cross country field. And I was like thinking, well, this is it now, you know, full body traction is imminent. Off I went and yeah, yeah. pony ambled about like stumbling over logs. So I was like, oh yeah, definitely. So we bought <laughs> The first time I rode him, he leveled me three times in the space of about 10 minutes. Oh, God. Um, So Theo lasted a month, by which point I was too frightened to even go to the stable because he would deck me every time I rode him. He bit me when he was in the stable and I couldn't catch him when he was in the field. (laughs) Wow. What a treasure. He wow, was, <laughs> he was a real treat. He he was he was amazing. Um, yeah, your poor thing though. Like, I mean, I bet that fluffy white thing was probably really quiet and good in the riding oh, school. We didn't want to sell it. This was no. an absolute gem. Like, and he was like, "No, I'm not selling that. I need that." <laughs> yeah. This thing though, give it a bit of settling. Be fine. Get rid of it. <laughs> and did did Theo go back to the seller? He didn't. We um, I took him. I moved him, put him on a livery yard, and it was actually one day, the woman who owned the livery yard, who ended up being a really good friend, she was like, look, this thing is actually going to kill you. She was like, yeah, she was like, I know someone who will take it, because it could jump, if you could stay on it long enough. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So she was like, let's go. So it was really, like, late. She didn't even run it past my granny, I don't think. She just literally put me in her car, drove me to this other dealer's yard and said to him like bring bring out a pony that's kind of another story so he kept bringing out all these flashy because he he has some very nice jumping ponies they still jump now um all these like flashy and I was like oh yeah I could fancy myself you know aboard one of those (laughs) prancing about the place and she kept being like no no oh my god and then he brought out this scruffy tatty little like skinny hairy pony I was like, mm, no, I don't think for me that one. And she was like, yeah, we'll have that one. Literally just put it in the lorry. He drove it down. He put ours in. And the next day I was like, yeah, got a new pony. And was he cool? Was it, was it, oh, was God, he it was cool? the best pony in the world. Yeah. You see, I think that's a bit of a rule with ponies though, with like, especially first ponies, like the, cr- the more hairy and sort of ancient and fucked looking they are, the better yeah. they are. Like, he just gave me all my confidence back. That's so Um, cool. That's brilliant, though. Yeah. He did everything, like, in his own fashion. Like, you know, his nose couldn't have poked out any further. (laughs) And, like, just sort of kind of meandered about doing his own little thing. But he was, like, an absolute gem. Yeah, a nice person. Yeah. Yeah, I always find that with ponies. Like, it can be difficult to... Like, a good pony, obviously, they're just unbelievable. But it can be hard to find... As my friend says, when you... (laughs) Finding ponies that actually kind of like kids it's sort of, it can be difficult. They don't tend to sort of enjoy children very much. No. So it can be hard, but 
Yeah. Oh, well, that's, that's a bit of a horror story there for you. Thank God that you got, got you know, rid a nice of it. One, though. Otherwise, you might not have ever gone back to them. I suppose no. there were days like last week where you wish you hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you? Where, where was your first worst one? So I kind of started buying and selling a little bit before I had Charlie. So sort of like 2012, 2013, 2014. Um, and I have a particularly bad habit. I, I like treasure hunting for horses. <laughs> which is I never have any money which is kind of how that came around never have any money I always have to find myself bargain basement type horses and for a while that actually worked very well um but like we have a lot of nice horses in this country and there's not too many fields with something decent lying idle you know in fairness yeah they know what they've got yeah definitely so I had bought a little 14-2 got him going and sold and he actually went on to do very well I bought a, a big grey mare by Colin Diamond, which was a three-year-old. We got her going. She went to Sweden and she did very well in Sweden. And I was eventing my other horse at the time as well. And I, I honestly, I think I just got a bit arrogant. Yeah. I really did. I just thought, oh, this is, this is easy. This is the way you should do it. And I came across a horse, a girl I had known for a long time was selling. And I bought it sight unseen. It was a beautiful model of horse. Looked to have a really nice jump. And she sort of, had said that it was all of the good things and I, I bought it sight and scene which was just I can't actually believe it retrospectively that I was so stupid I can't believe I was so arrogant and so stupid anyway I met her on the road bought bought the horse home and the first day I sat up and I was like oh no shit <laughs> and I was like trying to kid myself that oh you know it's it'll be fine it'll settle the horse was very very tense very uptight like not naughty but obviously not going to be a straightforward situation either and she'd been with me a few weeks um as I said I was eventing my other little homebred horse at the time and I had saved up whatever money I hadn't wasted on horses buying horses and I bought this brand new Harry Dabs dresser saddle and I, it was fabulous and I was so happy and I was like thinking of all the low 20s dressages I was going to do and I was definitely going to win all my events now um and so I had had this horse a couple of weeks and it was in the house one night and all merry hell broke loose in the yard outside so I went outside to find this horse absolutely pegging itself onto the floor like and I, I like looked like it was in, in the middle of a, a massive colic episode and I was like right so I rang the vet the vet came out and sorted it out and the next morning on a completely on a hunch I don't even know why I did it I asked him to come back out and um just do an internal scan of the mare and he did and she had this absolutely whopper ovarian tumor which was why when you rode her she was so choppy in her stride and uptight and tense and you know she was obviously in a huge amount of pain um so anyway that was fine nothing would do me sold the harry dab saddle to free up some money sent the mare up to the hospital the mare had surgery <laughs> rehabbed the mare through the surgery um and then got her home got her you know she had a rest period got her started again um got her back into work and I was just pregnant with Charlie I was about seven and a half eight weeks pregnant with Charlie and the horse absolutely like lost its reason in Sandarina kind of like out of nowhere got its legs in an almighty knot flipped itself upside down landed on top of me and knocked me out <laughs> I was just like, yeah. so I kind of when I came to, I couldn't move anything. And it actually was really did quite frighten me because I've never had that before. Yeah. 
eventually I managed to sort of get with it enough to ring my husband who came to my rescue and I went into the hospital and I was in, in for observation then for, for 12 hours with concussion. Um, thankfully, Charlie was fine, but um, I didn't ride again after that during the pregnancy. And I, 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 that's a whole other topic. That I just want to be clear. I don't have any opinion either direction, but just I had got such a fright that I didn't ride after that until after yeah. I'd had Charlie. And I ended up giving the mare away to a man who had some brood mares down the country. And I just, I didn't know what else to do with her. I, I just didn't know what else to do with her. So he said he'd take her and I had to deliver her down there. And she uh, potted off across the field with a whole lot of other horses on the side of a hill in Kilkenny. And I just was like, okay, good luck. You're probably going to need it. And off I went. So that was uh, the consequences of my own arrogance, really. Um, and not a mistake I'll make again. Um, ultimately, I kind of always feel like I, I got what I deserved, to be honest. Yeah. If I'd gone down and tried the horse, I never would have bought it. Yeah, you know, they no one did anything wrong except myself. So that was a major kicker. That one really was. It could have been very different. But so my next one. This is this isn't probably in order, but disaster wise, I'd say this is probably my most significant. Um. So Belinda did like she got injured, and we I didn't have anything to ride, and exactly like you're saying, didn't have the money. We weren't looking for another horse until Belinda got injured at the very start of the summer. So I was like, well, well I'll have to get something else. We'll have to like scrabble the money together. And um, this mare was very, very cheap and it was very well bred. It was a Darko King of Diamonds mare. Wow. So the fact that it was very cheap and gorgeous should have really rung a bell. But anyway, I dragged Ben off to Yorkshire and we got there and it was just the most bizarre experience. And like, when I tell you, people are going to be listening just like, what the fuck? How thick is she? But I think this is good because I'm like probably the worst. So I think anyone else is going to feel better when they've bought shit horses because I'm going to just show you. So yeah, we got there and the woman got on and she rode it around a bit and it was all right. And I'm like, obviously expecting this mare had jumped age, like jumped the four-year-old. So I'm expecting to see it over a fence. And she kind of did a bit of flat work. And then she was like, okay, do you want to get on now? And I was like, um, well, can we see her over a fence? And she was like, no, um, you ride her. And if I think you can ride her, then you can put her over a fence. Now at this point, <laughs> surely, surely to God, the logical thing to do. Go home. <laughs> just know that. I'd managed to convince Ben to spend money that we didn't have on this horse. So I was like, yeah, look, now he's here, you know, we've got to make the most of it. So that's that potential. First of all, like, you know, that's a seller as well. Nice category. <laughs> so I got on there. And I rode around and she wasn't bad, to be fair. She was like, she was tense. And the woman kept being like, very soft hands. Like, she doesn't like it if you're on her mouth. Like, very, very soft hands. So it's like, mm -hmm. okay. So rode it round a bit. It was all right. And then the woman was like, okay, you, you can ride her. So you're allowed to jump her. So I was like, okay. So she must have put up like a 30 centimetre fence or something. A trip hazard. <laughs> And the mare kind of like popped over it. Um, and then it went up to like 50. 
and the mare jumped it. And then I was like, can we have like a proper fence? And she was like, no, I think that'll do. I was like, right. And she was like, because you're a new, like your new rider. She like, we don't want to upset her. We don't want to over jump her. Like, you know, she's proved that she can do it. Like with the age yeah. classes and stuff. So, like you know, are you interested? <laughs> and then, obviously at this point, the answer should have been absolutely fucking <laughs> No, I have to leave now. Urgent call. Fine, how sorry to have wasted your time. <laughs> we'll think about it. And we drove back home and I was like, what do you think? Ben was like, fucking, that was the no. most surreal experience I've ever like, gone through. Like you were buying a jumper and it, she wouldn't let you jump it. But I was like, it'll be all right. Like, it'll be something for me to ride this summer, you know, like while Belle's out of action, if it doesn't jump what we want it to jump, like, so what, you know, it's fine. Um, so we bought it and the first time out, it jumped okay. And then I think I jumped it maybe a couple of times after that. And it had the most vicious stop. Like, <laughs> um, and the final time I jumped it, it leveled me twice in the warm up, and um, I took it in the ring, and I didn't even get in the vicinity of the first fence before it stopped and span round, and broke <laughs> my elbow and spiral fractured oh, my humerus. What? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So Bell had come sound about a week before that. Thankfully. But I was then off <laughs> because yeah. I had pins and plates in my arm. Jesus Christ. Um, so that was Darcy. <laughs> that, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that was quite a consequence now, to be fair. <laughs> Do you think that, um, you know, the whole sales pattern was... Uh, <laughs> You're like, what, Look, what what were you doing? Like, just what were you doing? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's never the wrong thing necessarily to take a chance on a horse, but like, I mean, like, yeah, that that was a big enough price to pay. Not very like, like losing money is one thing. I mean, that always hurts, but actually being hurt, hurt into the bargain. That's 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 no bueno at all. Like, no, we had to give that away. Um, yeah, this is the thing, though, because you yeah. have to give them away because otherwise they're not leaving. Because actually, it was, in fairness to it, the kindest mare. But if it even saw a pole on the floor, it was just, oh, it it was just vicious. Its stop was so aggressive. Yeah, I mean, she like it obviously didn't start out like that, did it? So I mean, I'm sure it probably had, like like they all have it. I do think that with horses, I think you know they always have a reason. They might yeah. not ever understand it or find it. They always have a reason, um, you know. And I mean, you can you, you, one extreme is as bad as the other. I mean, you can turn yourself upside down trying to find that reason and never find it, or you yeah. can just ignore the fact that there's a problem and just blame the horse's attitude. Um, you know, they do always have a reason, but like to be honest, when you're like on your back in a hospital bed with you know <laughs> pins pins in your arms <laughs> their reasons was valid and also your primary concern 
Yeah, I'll send you a photo of my arm. You can share it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if anybody, I mean, I don't know if I need to really say this to people, but like if you go to buy a jumper and they won't let you jump it, probably just like walk on by. Yeah. Just for anybody I mean, that needed to hear that. <laughs> as, a, as a philosophy, it's really, it's not a bad one. It's not going to hand it to you. It's not a bad one. <laughs> oh my goodness we do really learn from them don't we yeah she was for sure a good learning curve (laughs) (laughs) come on I need you to try and top that I I don't I yeah well I mean I could (laughs) I could top it because as I've hinted before the story behind my two four-year-olds it's something it's like Oscar worthy it's genuinely Oscar but I cannot publicly share it at this time so I definitely I think I couldn't top it in terms of broken bones but in terms of like absolute radical nonsense I could top it but um I'll have to go for a more state one um I'm just trying to think like I've had quite um quite a time of it with kissing spine you know it's a rabbit hole I'm not going down I'm just stepping across it I'm just saying <laughs> um and I, I've had a couple I've bought over the last probably like over the last 10 years or so that have been quite so cheap horses obviously because you know I can't buy them unless they're not but been quite cheap horses and kind of as you start getting into them a little bit um things start to unravel and it can it can be quite it can be quite difficult then because you start sort of looking at yourself and being like well you know is it me or um, one one of them in particular was a really really nice German bred mare, borders and unbroken three year old, and she was absolutely fantastic. She was quite normal as a type, quite normal as a jumper, um, but she was kind of okay to break ish. She wasn't naughty; she was just a bit backward and a bit awkward. But when she came back in off her break, um, it, it was a bit of a different situation. She was immediately the second the title went down, she was immediately very nappy and very difficult and. So I kind of managed to sort of cut her along and plumass her through it because she was just not the kind of horse that you were going to get in a toe-to-toe with. You know, you needed to just kind of find a way around her. Um, but I have found it over the years. It's it's become a bit of a pattern with them that if you know if you start a horse and it has some issues somewhere, when you go back to get them the second time after they've had a break, they can, you know, they quite often tell you there and then, look, that's not okay for me. That was the case with this horse, but it was early on and I didn't maybe recognize it quick enough. She was not too bad at home she had a pretty vicious buck but she also had a massive jump so it was a bit of a yeah you know I kind of put up with <laughs> getting off with a really sore back on the basis <laughs> that it also did go over the jumps which was you know more than some of the others wanted to um things kind of came to a bit of a head with her I went to a show one day and um I wrote about this on social media a while ago um it, it was just a bit I don't really know what, what came over everybody, anybody really. It was all a bit bizarre. It was a very, very windy, stormy February day and nothing would do me. I was taking this horse to a show and she was particularly difficult in the warm-up. Um, always in the warm-up. When she got into the ring to jump, she wasn't too bad. But in the warm-up, she was horrific, like actually kind of nerve-wracking to ride. And um, when I got to the show, half of the car park was taken up by a circus. <laughs> like big top the whole lot like a proper actual like a big circus and so it was very very windy and stormy and I had really thought that that was all I was going to have to deal with that day and then uh, there was a circus and there was many different things attached to the circus and that were flapping and billowing and bellowing and so on so forth so it didn't really help me it was quite close to the warm-up 
Um, so I got Why on the horse. and places do that? Like, I, I don't really have any issue with them having done that. Was, do you was... think they just want to like get value for money with the first aid cover? Because we once <laughs> took Manny to a county show and they had like a full on like battle reenactment with jousting and people on foot oh. with like axes and... And I like looked at it and just thought, well, Manny can't even cope with a crisp packet. Oh, so no. yeah. let's just put him back in the fucking lorry and go home. <laughs> I just, I'm not doing this today. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I'm... We're actually yeah. at war. <laughs> For once, yeah, Manny is going to be entitled to think we are at war. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, seriously. Um, so I was in, in the warm up and it, the horse is bucking and leaping and plunging. And I was just, she was a very big horse and I'm not very tall. And so I was sort of literally, I was just holding my neck strap. Yeah. And sort of mopping up my now bloodied nose and <laughs> trying not to fall off. But someone else had come into the warm up and my horse had set their horse off. And we were both in, like we were in opposing ends of the warm up arena <laughs> with the bucking and the rearing and the twirling. We were both trying to make it to an exit, but neither <laughs> of us could get to an exit because our horses were sort of stuck in this panoramic loop situation. And eventually, eventually she did manage to get out of the arena and her horse took off with its tail over its back, piaffing across the car park. And um, I went down to jump because I just couldn't take it anymore. And the horse got, once it got into the arena to jump, it was absolutely perfect. And that was a real Achilles heel because I ended up continuing for longer than I should have with the horse. Cause when it went into jump, it was fine. Yeah. Um, it did eventually get to the point with the horse where when it went into jump, it wasn't really fine anymore. And I had a very embarrassing time and it had qualified for the final of an 80 centimetres competition. And we were like really at the pinnacle of, uh, of things. And we qualified for a final. <laughs> but because it was in February and March and the weather was shit, there wasn't a huge turnout. And I was the only qualified finalist at the final for the 80 centimetres. But I was treating it very much like the Olympic event that it was <laughs> for me. And I didn't get past fence five on my horse. So I went up to the judges box and I withdrew from the next class, it seemed wise. And they gave me my rosette and they gave me prize money for winning the 80 centimetre final. And I have never been as mortified in my entire life. I was like, you can't get, I didn't jump round. And they were like, yeah, but you started the course and you were the only finalist here. And I was like, no, I can't take this. I don't deserve it. <laughs> yeah. And so it just kind of, I had to just sort of just stop with it because to be honest, she didn't get better in the warm-up and, and she had got to the point where she just was quite frightening. Um, and it did then transpire that she oh. had, um, she didn't have the best back x-rays. Again, as I said, this was early in my journey. Now I'm much quicker to go there, but it took me a while to get around to x-raying her back. And when I did, now by no means was she terrible, but she couldn't cope. Yeah, You know, and, and it, some horses will have terrible back x-rays and they'll cope fine. Like Manny, for example, and my little event horse, you know, they'll just keep going. Yeah, Some horses don't have a big problem at all and, and in theory they should be able to cope but yeah. they can't and if they can't they can't and yeah. this was how it was with her so in the end we had to stop but it was there was a lot of public humiliation um <laughs> during that time and she ended up she ended up being um she, she cost me a lot more emotionally than she did financially in the, end. <laughs> the bill was bigger bigger that way so yeah um they're expensive one way or another, aren't they, really? Yeah. I mean, yeah, like once you're in, you're not getting that's what I'm saying when with your with your little Theo pony. Yeah. Retrospectively, I'd say last week in the middle of colic and cellulitis. <laughs> it was a sign. I should have just stopped there. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. So another one that we had was, yeah, she uh, these stories like I feel I 
feel embarrassed actually sharing them with people because it's like it's fair to be stupid once or twice but like the the level of stupidity and actually I think if I like I've helped other people sometimes choose horses and I think I do a good job when I'm doing it for somebody else but I just a sister yeah I don't know if it's like me and I just think ah like it'll be all right so my step off 13 twos again sense a theme here like with both of us we didn't have the money <laughs> um so my step off 13 twos was onto a 16 two off the track mare oh yeah now you're talking <laughs> yeah from a mini metro to a maserati <laughs> <laughs> so you can imagine how successful that was um it was fairly horrific and actually she definitely I definitely had a in a saddle that was far too narrow in hindsight. Um, this is like 20 years on or something. But it kind of went okay-ish at the start because I think I was young and you like see so your game for a giggle, aren't you then? And then the real spanner in the works came when it cut its leg in the field quite badly. And I think she was probably on about two months box rest. It was like a really significant, because it was, she basically took like half a fetlock off. And so obviously if they couldn't let the joint flex because it wouldn't heal. So she had to be completely immobile. Um, so then the vet, I blame the vet for this actually. I'm not blaming myself. The vets said they didn't want her to be turned out because she couldn't risk going crazy and splitting it and getting it dirty so after like two months of box rest with this young thoroughbred mare I had to get on her and hack her out I've been there yeah now now if my vet said that to me I would just be like have you got some sort of like life insurance policy that I don't know about on me but at the time I didn't know enough so I just was like okay (laughs) that's what you want me to do so I remember I got on this man, it was fine. And I got maybe like a quarter at the first track and it just went mental. Yeah. It was just like on its back legs, then on its front legs. Obviously, I don't know how long I lasted, but it wasn't very long. And then it knocked my confidence and it obviously learned, well, that's a good trick. Like, so yeah. after that, every single time I got on it, that's what it did. So I kind of lost the enthusiasm for riding her after that, to be honest with you. <laughs> Just didn't seem quite as fun anymore. <laughs> Just not that much crack being a human cannon or a human crash test. I mean, I don't, p- people don't sort of advertise how much it isn't fun enough, in my opinion. <laughs> so she, I think we lost a good bit of money on her as well. She went <laughs> really cheap. I had that with my my his little like my little event horse. He was a homebred horse, and he he had a huge number of problems. Um, in fairness, he had a lot of orthopedic issues. Um, but he was one of those tough old birds. You know what I mean? Like he was an yeah. absolute dick in the stable. He was so grumpy, and which you know makes a lot more sense now. But um, he was grumpy and everything. But when it came to work, he was he was absolutely on it like and he was cross-country schooling and he stepped down off a step and he took a horribly lame step himself after coming off that step and I was like Jesus Christ what's happened here so I took him back up to the car park and I trotted him up and down around around and he was completely sound there was no issue there was nothing to see and he did a couple more events he just started to hang a bit to the right and I wasn't happy with him. And then he popped a little splint and I was like, oh, that's a bit weird. Okay, maybe that's the splint was coming. I look yeah. like, I'll just take him up and get him x-ray. 
Um, and he had fractured his cannonball. Oh my God. So quite frankly, how he didn't end up with a broken leg, I don't know, because he was like, he was a bit a dick in the field as well, like pancake and stuff. Yeah. But the same thing. So he was had to be on like box rest for weeks with the fractured leg and he had like a like a cast exactly but it was kind of like a cast on it yeah um and they did the same thing to me they were like oh you're gonna have to get back on him <laughs> straight off box rest and I'm like no fucking way absolutely not like he's bad enough when he's knackered after an event he's yeah. a maniac like I can't get no you have to you have to like it's the right thing to do for the horse and I'm like I just don't know how I like your story I don't know how I didn't fucking die I don't know how I didn't die I just don't know but yeah I, and again the same as you now at this point I'm like there has to be another way yeah there has to be I'm I'd be like, fuck all, off. you get on it. I'd almost question the responsibility level because yes. some people obviously were desperate to do the right thing for their horse. And if the vet says, mm. get on it off, off two months box rest and that's what you have to do, that's what you have to do. But I'm a bit like, listen, you know, put yourself first for the love of this is my theme now. Put yourself first. Yeah. But it's, it is, yeah, I, that's a horrible thing to happen. Like I, I didn't come off him somehow. I don't know how. Um, but like, that was a bit that was a bit shit for you now especially if it kind of went oh that's brilliant crack I'll do that every time she gets yeah. on that's really horrible like um now I would just shove it in the field and just go let it take its chances you know what I mean 100 percent. like dope do if you best. want to just let it off yeah. yeah let it get its head down and just chill itself out yeah. yeah so then I've got like two which are gonna be my kind of I shouldn't have bought them but actually it worked out okay <laughs> I'm, I'm putting these in in like the same category so they've both been probably two of my my favorite horses I've ever owned. The first was the most vicious grey gelding, who is like my heart horse. I think I might have mentioned it before. Um, he had so many issues. It was like what caused what by the end. Um, I think the vet's exact words were they did a skin take Rafini lit up like a Christmas fairy. Um, <laughs> so that was probably why he was grumpy, but the day that we went to buy him, well, like I always remember. So at the time, I mean, this, this wouldn't be a flash jumping yard at all, but like at the time, you know, I really thought, oh my God, this is like, this is really amazing place to buy a horse from. And I remember opening the gate and all the horses were like immaculate, like clipped and manes pulled. And I was like, oh, look at all these horses. <laughs> and then there was one that was wearing a muzzle and, <laughs> and it had so many burrs in its forelock that its forelock stuck out like a unicorn's horn. It was no fucking unicorn. <laughs> That's your new horse, kid. <laughs> and it was like filthy, shaggy mane. And I just opened the gate and I just like was thinking, please, please. Don't be this one. one. Don't be that one. And there was, I knew it was a dapple grey and there was like a dapple grey in the stable next to it who happened to be the owner's like pride and joy. So it was just gorgeous. And I was like, oh, maybe it's that one. Obviously it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) And when we went to see him, he was like, yeah, you want to keep the muzzle on him? (laughs) Until you put the bridle on and keep it on cross ties, like never let it get you in a corner. So, I mean, obviously... We bought him. Like he ended up, he was my fit. He's probably one of my favorite ever horses. He, we kind of came to an, like a bit of an agreement, and he did quite like yeah. me in the end. But he really hated Ben. Ben's like got scars all down his arm where he would bite him and not let go. But then it was quite good actually because Ben wasn't a farrier then. And like when Ben said, "I think I'm going to be a farrier," I was like, 
you know, you're not experienced enough. Like, you haven't been around horses. You've not grown up with them. And- <laughs> he's dealing with a velociraptor every second day. He's, he's well qualified. He's that was basically that. It was, if I can deal with that. It was called gin because you needed a shot to go near it. Um, yeah, he was like, if I can deal with that thing. And even now, when he goes to shoot people's horses and they're like, oh, it's a little bit. He's like, don't worry. Like, Even worse. <laughs> um, and the other one was a horse that um, I was talking about with you the other day, actually. Um, the one with the big jump. Oh, yeah, it was beautiful. Oh, my God. So this mare, we ended up, I was going to try a different horse, but stupidly, I was like, it won't have enough jump for what I wanted it to do. I've done that too. I know I am (laughs) trying to kick hairy breakers around an 80 centimetre green guild at the pocket gate. (laughs) Exactly. It was like, I think a moment where I maybe thought I was Scott Brash and then obviously should have realised that I'm not. Um, So she was like, oh, well, if you want one that can jump, I've I've got one that can really jump. So I was like, oh, yes, we'll see that one. (laughs) I got on it and I was honestly, it's one of the few times actually where I wasn't ashamed to admit like, I was like to Ben, I am shit scared of this thing. It was, it didn't have a bad bone in its body. Like it was the kindest met, but it was just so sharp yeah. and so powerful that I was outclassed ridiculously. And I knew that within seconds of getting on it. Like I was, this time it wasn't where the seller wouldn't put a jump up. This time I was like, no need to jump. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just try them. Yeah. This this rising trot seems to be going pretty much okay. Um, so anyway, I got off and it was one of my rare moments, as you're finding out, of being really sensible. And I said to her, like, thank you very much. I'm not sure it's for me. Like, we'll talk about it. And got in the car and Ben said, I like it. Screwed. And I was like, no, Ben, I was really scared. <laughs> and he said, listen, <laughs> I don't know who he thought he was. Fuck it up. (laughs) Maybe I'd annoyed him that week. He was like, listen, if you want to jump, you are going to have to get used to riding horses like that because there's two like localish riders around here who like are absolutely incredible jump on the teams, like literally insanely talented riders. And I at the time was getting lessons from their dad and he was like, Millie and Pippa, they would ride horses like that. If you want to be able to jump what they can jump, you're going to have to ride horses that they would ride. So I was like, okay, okay, I'll I'll get it. Got it home. Fuck me. It leveled me for fun. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> I couldn't get it to canter. I couldn't get it to go over a pole. I just kept falling off her just all the time. Like, she only had to move to the side, and I'd be, like, in a crumpled heap on the floor. And I'll never forget. So I took her for the first lesson. By this point, I was shit scared took her for the first lesson with Peter and the first thing he said is what the fuck have you got that for that's like a massive big powerful thing I'd never put my girls on that <laughs> Ben's theory out the window <laughs> looked at Ben I was like you bastard this is your fault <laughs> <laughs> but actually I mean it turned out it was god if I could buy it again I would buy that horse a million times over. Like it was, it was worth every fall. She was amazing. Oh yeah, do you have that there, don't you? Because like, I'm, do you ever have that as well? Like, we you have one and you knew it was really good, but like I'm, I'm perpetually caught here by basically my horses are ridiculously expensive. When an opportunity comes up to sell something, to sell it well, 
I feel like I kind of have to because right. you know I just have to pay my way so I can show willing you know show willing <laughs> <laughs> um I had bought a, a, a gray big ugly like ugly <laughs> fucking lump of yolk out of a dealing yard in um in, in the back of Tipperary but it was up it was like and like over a fence it was like something that had fallen from heaven it was light on its feet and it's such a technique and but like we used to joke about it to be like if she was a human being she'd be one of those like really like manly women that sort of like <laughs> runs bars where hell's angels bikers <laughs> drink and no one even looks the wrong way because the bartender lady is so fierce like and so you know stern and she was a bit like that she was just really kind of quite a sort of I don't know a, a manly mare I don't know how else to describe her she was she was a bit like that but she she was so gifted over like just so talented and um very easy horse very easy horse as well um sound nothing wrong with it like moved fine did everything fine and just had this amazing jump and it went down to its jumps in a straight line it went over them it landed it canted on to the to the next jump so obviously the thing to do is to sell that horse <laughs> because it's not psychotic enough clearly there's nothing wrong with it it's obviously completely fine I did sell her um sold her very well I was very lucky I mean you can you can never regret that either but she went to Sweden and she jumped the six-year-old Swedish championships um which was brilliant I was you know obviously super for the horse yeah. um and she's she got she broke down and I think she's back jumping 130s and 135s and stuff now which is brilliant but like that now exactly like you're saying if I had her now like they'd be prizing her out of my cold dead hand do you know what I mean so yeah, um, so yeah. see in a way I did the opposite I, I, I don't kick myself for not selling it but at the same time like there was there was a lot of money offered for her yeah and I turned it down yeah and then she broke. <laughs> um, yeah. But this is the gamble. But this is the yeah. gamble, isn't it? You get off with the money and then you say no. And the next thing they put their leg down a hole the next day. And I hate having that thought process because then I kind of feel like I manifest it. Uh, do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I, like I, I get afraid not to take the money. And, um, you know, obviously I have a couple that are. Anna Ross actually did a. I was listening to a podcast that she did a couple of weeks ago. And she said that every girl in the yard, herself included, they're allowed one horse. They're allowed one forever horse that they don't have to sell. Right. But every other horse has to be for sale. Yeah. And I thought about it because I'm looking at all of mine and I would never sell barrel ping that they're, they're just off but off limits, but everything else is a bit different. Yeah. And I thought about it and I was like, it's actually not a bad rule to have, is it? Really? It's funny, like I thought that the other day when I was looking at bougie. I was like, if somebody offered good money for you, could I sell you? Because I it came about because I'd said to Ben, you know, like if he doesn't, if he doesn't do the job, like we can't keep him. Yeah. Um and Ben was like, bollocks, you stand and comb that horse's fringe. And I see like the hearts in your <laughs> eyes. It's square. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you, you never are going to sell that horse. And then I was kind of like, if you were offered good money, would you? I, I, I'm really bad. I think like I can compartmentalize, like this one comes in and I know it's for sale. But I think once yeah. I've let myself become, like if, if you offered me a fortune for money, oh my God, I'd just... Part of me would feel really guilty because I feel like, you know, it's not fair. Like, it would never be fair to turn good money away for the family. But then the other part of me would just, honestly, like, I, I'm so in love with, like, the ones that I know I'm going to keep. 
it would be. I really think hard. you're in a slightly different. I think every situation is different, though. And like you're in a slightly different situation now. So you're jumping fox with money and you're tipping away doing what you can with pancake. I like, you know, you're in a slightly different situation, though, aren't you? Because you're jumping the bigger classes and you've got two older horses. Yeah. That, you know, have less time in the ring now than 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 before. You know what I mean? Like they're, yeah. they're going to run out of shelf yeah, life 100%. eventually. And with everything that you've done and learned and everything that you've sort of put together and, and also what you've learned from those two horses, with a horse like Bougie, who you've sourced and found and really like and you think he's going to do the job, you know, it's a bit of a different situation, isn't it? Because you can apply so much of what you've learned and what you know now to that real quality young horse. Yeah. And put that put a horse underneath yourself that you, you probably, by the time he's four and broken and riding, you, you know, those horses are hugely valuable and for someone like me at least to go out and buy that horse would be improbable it just wouldn't be something I could do um you know so I think yeah you know if, if money came up and you decided to sell them it's never the wrong answer there is no right or wrong answer with these things but just with where you're at you know you could end up with with an absolute cracker of a young horse coming up with everything you've put in with your older ones that's the thing is it's hard like and I think it the reason it kind of came in my head and made me think is because it's something that I would never have to think of before like nobody yeah. I'd have to pay somebody to take money or pancake like the situation of money is purely hypothetical because nobody <laughs> would give me money for them they'd be like yeah. pancake how much does he cost you in vet bills a year and I'd be like oh <laughs> are you sitting down <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know so it was the first time where I was like I might actually have something somebody else might want <laughs> that never happened <laughs> it's a very it's a strange one it's a strange concept all right like I think you know you does you certainly do get used to like that if you don't have limitless resources and you do have to learn as much as you can and rely a little bit on what you can still learn and what you have learned already to take horses that are maybe not absolutely perfect that maybe aren't perfect confirmation and maybe have had a bit of a history or have you know or like in my case I always buy small fillies because I absolutely love mares and I'm small so it suits me and yeah. also they're cheap because no one in the market ever wants small fillies but inevitably they are the thing that no one else wants so you have to sort of use your own ability and and you know and seek help and, and further your knowledge to get the best out of horses yeah rather than being handed the best of horses and you know it's it's a difficult way around to do it but um I mean, I always laugh at myself. Like when I was when I was a kid, like it, I just it was a foregone conclusion to me that I was on the Olympic team. Yeah. Up until I was about fourteen years of age, I would, that's how arrogant I was. I was just like, oh yeah, yeah. I was getting bucked off my twelve hand pony all the time. I was getting <laughs> run away with by my second pony. Couldn't hold a half of one side of it ever at any point. But I was still convinced. Listen to Green, sit your ass down. Who think, I don't know who you think you are, love. I'm coming. Step I'm aside. Step aside. <laughs> Yeah. and I wish I kind of had that confidence now oh, uh, it'd be helpful <laughs> it'd be really helpful if I had even it half of it <laughs> quarter of it would be okay yeah. but as I said you know now I'm thinking about going to a horse show with a really nice horse that loves to jump and I'm like green about the gills I'm like oh god if I could do it I haven't been in the ring since December <laughs> like it's just it's ridiculous. so true isn't it like I remember being really little and like they'd see I was on like a big livery yard and there would be like a horse being an absolute bastard. And I always was like, I think they should let me ride that one. Yeah, I have the answer for this. Yeah, yeah I could I could ride that. I'd give that a good go. 
like now I'd look at it and I'd be like, no, I'm good for that. Thanks. Like I'm still like <laughs> trembling, you know, about the idea of going around a British novice, you know, on something that's not basically the boys who just attack everything with like the most yeah. enormous enthusiasm. Yeah. Like if I could have half of that confidence now. Oh, big time. And like, I remember when I, uh, Sort of right back at my 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 horse buying dynasty <laughs> inception i bought a pony out of a field he was a three-year-old and he was a stallion at the time and they gilded him before i picked him up and he was a connemara across thoroughbred and um he was out of a mare by night shift he was a, a small thoroughbred stallion that stood in coolmore and i loved night shift i loved him and so that was it i was sold i was buying this pony and i bought him super cheap super cheap Bought him home, got him broken. That was grand. We took him off schooling. We did a bit with him and he was very straightforward. But because he was cut late, he was just a little bit wayward here and there. He was a bit strong in his opinions at times. But we persevered. I decided that I was going to sell him. I there was a, like We do have this thing over here. It's like called try eventing, which is, you know, if you're not, you're not registered with, with Eventing Ireland or whatever, but you can have a go. It's sort of like arena eventing, I suppose, with a dressage test. So Alf was the pony's name. Alf still is actually the pony's name. He's still alive and well. And I, I, so I went with Alf and I'd only been cross-country schooling once. And when I got to this place, I was like, holy shit, I'm going to die. It was insane. They had this big trichina. They had a double of like massive black drainage pipes on top of a hill. The show jumping part was grand. They were tiny and straightforward. But like the rest of it was just, they had arrowheads, gorse arrowheads. I was like, how the fuck am I going to get around this? He's never seen anything like this before. But Alf was just so agricultural about things. He he had a great jump, but he was just such a dude. And he he went in and he did his show jumping. That was fine. And then we started off a cross-country course. And anything he wasn't sure about, he just broke back to trot. But he kept going and he jumped. Oh and I just thought, I just thought, what? I like, like, he was so cool. And that, I should have kept him, right? Because he was 14 too. I'm only five foot two. It would have been fine. <laughs> but I sold him. And I, again, I don't regret selling him. But I, at the time, we were bringing Lucinda Green had come over to teach a few clinics for us here. And I was telling her about him. And she's like, that's one you should keep. Don't sell that. Don't sell that. Oh, but sure, fuck it. Obviously, I knew everything. <laughs> like, why listen to Lucinda Green's advice? <laughs> what does she know? <laughs> What does she know? Jesus. So I sold him. I don't regret selling him. I made good friends through the sale. And he actually went on to be the leading international event pony in Northern Ireland a couple of years ago. I, he was just brilliant. But like, he cost me nothing. You know, he, he was so cool. He just used to, as I said, he was such a farmer about things. He used to break back to trot, have a look, don't worry, we'll get over it. And off he went. He was just class. Like, so and yeah I kind of I don't as I said I don't regret selling him at all and he he absolutely he exact he was exactly that pony he was a good pony all the way along he was clever yeah. he was you know it still is he still is eventing he's super um but like as I said retrospectively I'm a bit like now and again those ones fall into your lap and you're kind of like oh. but uh I look it's hard isn't it had, yeah it is hard yeah. costs so much money and and like happened with Minnie, they can break down. You know, you've kept them and then you've you've basically thrown them anyway. But then equally, sometimes I kind of think we deserve to keep a nice one and right. actually, you know, get that enjoyment and yeah, not go absolutely. in the ring thinking, am I going to lose my front teeth at the first fence? Yeah, and for me, it's just a public humiliation. I've spent a lot of my life being publicly humiliated. I really have. I've, I've had some incredibly sort of... I like, 
character building times with horses over my life and and i want to get one that just sort of goes in the ring and is like yeah, don't worry we've got it we're just going to go for the jumps don't panic it's really nice i don't care if it knocks everything down i don't yeah. care if it knocks everything down as long as i don't have people standing around the ringside pointing and laughing at me or they're probably not but in my head i'm like <laughs> yeah so public me, no public people that have to come in from the side of the ring and carry me out yeah yeah, that's yeah. the real low point. <laughs> I do remember actually many, many moons ago, I had this pony that I was rehabbing for um, uh, for, for a physio that we were working with. And uh, I took him to a jumping show and I only had a dresser saddle to fit him. And I wasn't that fucking good at jumping anyways. I didn't know why I thought <laughs> a dresser saddle was going to help my case. And um, yeah, same, he sort of stopped and I fell off and I rolled under the white tape around the ring and landed sort of like kind of underneath the bonnet of somebody's sort of, lorry sort of underneath the front wheels of between the two front wheels uh yeah so yeah all just the glamour <laughs> yeah yeah and then like that people have to rush to your rescue and it all gets yeah. very dramatic and then the time i got hung in the tree at the <laughs> rds qualifier and the paramedic the horse had fucked off and no one could catch it because it was wild and um the paramedic wouldn't let me go and catch this horse because i had been hung by the throat from a tree when the horse made a sudden left turn over a fence <laughs> And oh I was bleeding God. profusely and everybody was watching. And yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm going to need therapy now after this after this <laughs> podcast, dragging up all these fucking skeletons. <laughs> Everyone else though is going to be like, wow. <laughs> you know, they might have made one bad decision. They're going to be like, shit. Yeah. They yeah, just I'm keep just, going back. Just no, that's it. Like as you said, it's one of the ringside assistants. I'm now I was having a stand-up row with a paramedic. If anybody <laughs> tries to catch that horse, it's going to kill them. And it's going to be your fault because you're yeah, forcing like, me to go into the ambulance because yeah, I'm having a stand-up row while swinging from a branch. Yeah, and luckily I'd fallen out of the branch at that stage. <laughs> that <laughs> they didn't lucky? have to cut me out. Can you even describe falling out of the tree? It's lucky. Well, I don't know. I mean, it would have been more embarrassing if you'd have had to perhaps get a ladder or something <laughs> or a chainsaw. That would have been worse. <laughs> what happened? We had to destroy the cross-country course to get me out. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, it's all I coming think that's back to maybe me now. my favorite story ever. <laughs> it's horrific. I'll go into more detail another time. <laughs> need to leave it there. <laughs> yeah, you we're definitely coming back to that one though. Oh yeah. Oh that that horse, there was a few stories. Now he I didn't own him, that's why he didn't come particularly on this list. Um <laughs> but uh yeah, I rode him for a client. Um and yeah, there were quite a few of those stories. <laughs> so I thought. I mean, we have to have learned something from all of this. And obviously we're not saying this from a position of like, you should listen to us because clearly <laughs> you shouldn't. Really shouldn't listen to me anyway. <laughs> like, do not. I mean, our advice is to be taken with like a shovel of salt, I would say, not a pinch. Um, but I just thought like, you know, let's try and wrap it up. Like we maybe know something or we've learned something. <laughs> Uh, my number one anyway is definitely don't ever buy a horse sight unseen. I mean, you know, <laughs> as in a broken or riding horse. Don't, don't ever think you know enough. Anyway, but definitely don't don't buy a horse sight unseen because my God, do you get what you deserve? <laughs> my like my thing when I'm buying, so it's I buy really differently the when I'm buying them to sell than when I'm buying them for myself. When I'm buying them for myself like I'll probably compromise a little bit more on things like so say confirmation now in an ideal world I would like 
you know, really good confirmation. But equally, if it's a ridden horse, it's doing a job, it's stood up to a job. Like Manny's got the worst confirmation in the world. Would I buy him again? Absolutely, like with bells on, like yeah. I would, you know. But if I'm going to sell one, then yeah, pro- probably it's going to have to be pretty well put together. But I think for me, probably the thing that for both buying for myself and to sell is that I like that I reject so many horses just on their eye yeah like I think attitude is everything yeah you can just tell so much can't you you look at their face and then you're like yeah you're gonna be a bastard yeah absolutely yeah like Bear is a real case in point like she's small she's crooked or when she arrived she was sharp sharp like a Jato unit sharp (laughs) (laughs) and you know she, she wouldn't be anybody's pick but like that, lugs are pricked always, always, always looking for where to go, how to get it done, where to go. How, and such a nice person, such yeah. a nice person. And once we kind of got her, you know, got her a little bit more confident or whatever, she was 100%. But as you say, like you you see them all the time and everything is right. Confirmation is right. Jump is right. We just, I'm really vibey about it. Yeah. Um, Really vibey about it. And I, I often can't explain it. And I'm not saying it's always served me well, but I do think at <laughs> a certain point in time in life, <laughs> I was about to say you should, you should trust your instinct. I think I've more or less conclusively proved that that's completely stupid, <laughs> um, and you should not do that ever. Um, but I'm a bit like that. If I can't stop thinking about the horse, yeah. I looked at Bear three times over the space of a year and a half, and the first time I looked at her, we had a massive theft just after I'd looked at her, and we were we really were like, it was anyway. That's a whole other story, but we were a bit screwed financially, so I didn't buy her and then the guy who had her said oh he was going to do x y and z with her and then I went down and I looked at her loose jumping and I laugh now the irony I thought she was a bit short on scope (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely not short on scope and then I left it again and eventually so I said it was like I went on for like a year and a half and I rang the guy and I said to him listen I was just thinking about that little horse and he said to me you've got you either come down here and you take that horse and you pay me and you fuck off or don't ring me again because I'm sick of this. (laughs) I've been thinking about the horse and it just so happened that she, you know, they sell, they breed beautiful horses and they have a lot of clients and they sell. And it just so happened that for whatever reason, Bear fell through every single gap and I ended up with her, which was, you know, for me, like amazing. But um, when I can't stop thinking about them, then I kind of have to buy them. Yeah. And again, that's absolutely no guide because I've had that before and they've been crap. I've had it before and they've been good. Yeah. But I, I can't stop thinking about them. Like, I'm a big believer in, like, what's right for you doesn't pass you by. But then, like, clearly going off all those stories, that's... <laughs> I would have probably... <laughs> what we've learned, though. <laughs> I could have done with being passed by a few times. Um, yeah. But no, like, I, I'm with you. Like, it's a feeling, isn't it, sometimes? It's like... Yeah. Like I always find it funny because people are always like, oh, yeah, but you've learned so much from these experiences. My answer to that generally is, but did I need to know? Am (laughs) I any closer to an Olympic individual gold medal? No, arguably I'm further away from it. So did I need to know? (laughs) Yeah. Let's not dwell on that thought. That's depressing. No, no, it is. It is. You're right. So what's your, if you're like buying for yourself and you've got (laughs) not, not unlimited funds, but like if you can go out and, get what would tick all your boxes 
Well, I'm just going to use the theory I always use. I was about to say, it never fails me. It always fails me every bloody time. But anyway, I haven't changed my theory yet. I like small fillies. Yeah. Um, as I said, they, that came about because they're cheap and no one wants them, but I love them. I love yeah. a small, tough, hardy filly that will, you know, get stuck into the work and get on with it. Um, I don't mind splints. I don't mind false curb. I don't mind scars and stuff like that, as long as you know the structures are all good the confirmation's basically good don't love long pasterns no i don't i like a short back but yeah i do you know i'm, I'm not sold on it necessarily and as you say the attitude is everything yeah i'll compromise on a lot if i'm looking at the horse and the horse is looking at me yeah you know if the horse is looking at you with every part of who it is then i'll compromise on something else if i think it's uh but i'm quite again i'm not going down the rabbit hole but i'm quite strong now on um back x-rays <laughs> just 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 x-ray it's back x-ray everything's back i'm quite yeah that's a whole other episode um mine, mine yeah. would be i i'm probably more of a gelding girl um like i'll have a mare though i would you know i'm not someone that will rule them out at all like i've had probably equal of, mo- of both um but i like a bit of a larry gelding um I like something that kind of looks everything like yeah well I could do that like um, <laughs> like Bougie picked a fight with a with a skip when we went to look at him and straight away I was like oh I like that yeah like, <laughs> I want one that's gonna fight with a skip <laughs> um in case it comes up in a jump off <laughs> exactly if ever we are in a situation where there is a skip I know that Bougie will stand his ground he's not yeah, gonna he be will. intimidated he's no skip quitter <laughs> <laughs> I like them quick like sharp yeah not too big after having so many big ones and realizing that actually I really can't hold them together at all um definitely now small is important um I like them to be really quick off the floor and also I I like them to be really super careful behind which is like sometimes I think yeah you can train it but then I just think give yourself like the best start if you can so like we've ruled so many out that are really lovely and for any other rider would be probably perfect and probably more like even Carla who trains me she would go for them she likes like probably slightly different whereas for me I just like them super fast like everything Mm -hmm. just yeah so that's kind of my like my dream and obviously a good fringe. Yeah, the fringe has just, yeah, I think it's, he set a new precedent. <laughs> I do, I think he set a new precedent. I'm trying to grow Rita's fringe, <laughs> send me the picture. Rita has a beautiful fringe and it's like really like Irish red hair, red. And I'm, I'm sort of keep like combing it a little bit and sort of like <laughs> fluffing it up and back combing it because she was just wants to be bougie. She's going to be the pink bougie with the fringe. <laughs> yeah everyone's gonna have fringe envy of our horses fringe goals yeah i don't know how the hell you're gonna get a fly one on him if he needs one. Oh god I don't know he's gonna have it like it's a fly it's gonna be like i need three ears you need an ear an ear each for the ears and then a middle ear like a unicorn or i could put a stall into that oh yeah do you know (laughs) even if he is really noise sensitive you I might have to use earplugs instead. I don't think I'm going to be able to hide that fringe. But earplugs, though. Yeah, I mean, he he looked just like you know those, those big fancy German show. He looked like a big star. He looked because like big star. He's a big faller. 
Yeah. No, this is but, what there you go. This is what he's styled on. Hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. Like well, I'm not joking. There you go. <laughs> we'll have like a picture of Big Storm when I trim his fringe. You know, like when you got the hairdresser <laughs> and you say you want to look like Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> <laughs> I want to look like Big Star. <laughs> exactly. It's what Bougie asks for, and that's what I do. <laughs> yeah, that's what she's exactly. <laughs> Like you just stepped out of the salon. Also, oh, totally normal. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to leave it there because I think you've probably all learned so much from us about what to buy and how experienced we are. By one long wanker of the week, <laughs> one wanker of a lifetime. <laughs> Should we just end it there? We're not going to top it. But we can't. No, literally, anything else is going to be a disappointment. Um, so my wanker of the week this week is Ben. Not just for buying the goats, although he came fucking close with that one. Um, so we've got. Um, Obviously, we've got Ohio um, and the girl who's working for us has started to hack him out for us. So I said to Ben, I think he'll need a set of fronts. I don't think he's ever had a set of fronts on before. So um, Ben was like, oh, well, you better hold him. I had to go to the doctors and I said, oh, like, honestly, this pony is the quietest pony. It's been here like 50 times (laughs) before this pony. I was like, we'll not need, you'll not need anyone to hold Ohio. Like, he's absolutely fine. He's, He's never looked at a thing in its life. So Ben was like, all right, then, like, fair enough, because obviously he knows he is really calm. So Ben's on the phone to his friend, like, shooing, like, the the three-year-old that's never had a set of shoes on, (laughs) Um, chatting away, finished it. He said, in fairness, he said the horse didn't move a muscle. And then he did that thing, you know, where, like, when they're standing and the farrier's, like, faffed on and then they'll go back and they'll just bang the quarter clips in. yeah. So he leant over to bang the quarter <laughs> clip in. And Ohio just kind of went, what the fuck are you doing? Like lifted his knee up and he must have just caught Ben perfectly in the right place. I got back from the doctors literally half an hour later and he already had the mother of black eyes. <laughs> I love so, that it was your horse because when you sent me the picture I was like oh god and I was trying to think like how would that have happened I love that it was actually your own horse I know the little little Connemara pony so I was saying to Ben you better not tell anyone that my pony did that because they'll be thinking like it's feral and I've got to sell this pony and it wasn't his fault and he was like it wasn't his fault and the girl who works in was like he was so good he didn't put a foot wrong um I was like, you're besmirching his reputation. Like. <laughs> Ruining his record. Um, but yeah, so then, um, I mean, we've had great fun with it since then, though, because um, I sent my mum a picture of Ben's black eye and she was like, what happened? And I said, well, he bought me a goat. Yeah, so he had day. to pay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, the, Ben's told people different stories all week. He's taken great pleasure yep. in, you know, but he gets really embarrassed when he has to go to shop because he's like, everyone will think I've had a real hiding. And I'm like, you did get a real hiding. You did. <laughs> you did. I did a few years ago. I had, I had this really, really awesome little Dutch horse um, that I was producing to sell. And he, he was just a bit wayward. And one day he was a bit fresh and he, he took a plunge. And, you know, I only had the reins in one hand, obviously. And I went to grab something, anything. And I missed 
and I ended up smacking myself in the face. <laughs> and I ended up with a black eye bruise really easy. And I didn't really notice and I went to the feed store that evening and they were like, have you? Has someone smacked you in the face? And I was like, what? Oh no. So like then, I different stories. I had a great time with it. I, I tell everybody, I couldn't tell anybody I did it to myself. Yeah. Like, you know. Well, he said like his friend just heard like the bang. And I think Ben obviously kind of went, oh. And his friend was like, what's just happened? Um, and Ben said, I've got something running down my face and I don't know if it's blood or tears. And his friend was like, FaceTime me. Oh, Casey's going to kill you. <laughs> All the photos with the new baby you're going to have. Because he got a black eye two weeks before our wedding as well because the horse kicked him into a door. So he like nutted the corner of the door. Um, so he's got like, form. <laughs> what is it with you ruining all the pictures <laughs> actually he's really photogenic and i'm not so if anyone's going to ruin a picture it's 100 percent going to be me oh same with me my bloody big fat face and my double chins i'm like don't take a picture of my husband he's very pretty leave me out of it <laughs> like ben with his shiner people will still be like looking like yeah i don't know what he's doing with her <laughs> Oh, oh, Jesus. You're going to have to uh, get some pan stick or some foundation or something for him. I know. I think I just in. need to stop bulk buying it because clearly that's his, that's just going to be his thing for any like major life event. He'll be like, hang on, just let me get a black eye. Self-harm. Bit of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a bit of self-harm. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so the what's man. yours? I don't really have a good rank of the week this week. I've actually had a very good week. Um, we have had quite a good week. So I'm going to have to in a break from the norm, and I don't think any other wanker of the week that I've heard through all of the episodes has involved a cat. But mine do, mine does. I have this cat. I have, I have this cat. God. Um, many moons ago, I, for whatever reason, I, and I do like cats, I do, just to be clear, I wanted a cat. And I ended up going to a rescue to get the cash and it remains a bone of contention in our house that I donated 50 quid to this rescue for this cat right but the cat's very sweet it's very nice it's only got one working eye it has oh, Christ, absolutely you got a reduction for that I you're right actually I didn't think of that at the time <laughs> it has no cat skills like it can't cat it cannot cat it, it can't cat I just don't have it can't do anything really apart from it's very friendly that's all um, but it was rescued because it had kept turning up at like a primary school and bothering the children on their breaks. Oh, so they ended up going to, sending it to the SPCA. Yes, yeah, very sweet. But it, the cat, it's just a bit of a, it's just a bit of a moron. Like it's lovely. I love it very much, but it's a bit of a moron. And it's now like 12 or something, so it's got a bit senile and it dribbles a lot and things. But anyway, nonetheless, during the day the cat goes out into a cat run because it was just crap for it being inside the whole day. The cat lives inside in the evenings, nighttime, in the morning, and then during the day she goes out to her cat run. But on this particular occasion, I had gone to bring her in in the evening from the cat run into the house and I hadn't closed the cat run gate behind me and the cat um, got out and we live right beside the motorway. This is oh. why with the cat, sorry, I should have said that at the start. The reason why we have a cat run is because we live beside a motorway and I don't particularly want to scrape my cat up off the road. Fair because, enough. Again, as I said, although it's completely useless and an absolute idiot, I do love it very much. And you paid £50 for it. And I paid 50 <laughs> bloody quid for it and I want my money's worth, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> the cat ran off across the stable yard and I'm I'm not really sure what possessed it but it decided to run into Ping's stable um the cat has no experience of really any other animals although you know my child is quite full on experience for the cat and the two dogs but not any big animals I'm aware of 
And like Ping is huge. She's like 17 hands. <laughs> and the cat was like, oh yeah, this is cool. Check me out. I'm catting. I'm catting. And it <laughs> ran into under the chain into Ping's stable. And Ping turned around to see what was happening. And the cat was like, oh, fuck, as this giant white diplodocus turned around and walked over to it. And it was like, so I eventually, I managed to catch the cat and bring it inside. And its little heart was going 90. And it was just really traumatizing. It's a really, really bad wanker of the week, but it was kind of one of the funnier things that happened this week, so. It's never leaving that cat run again, is it? It's never. just going to be like, I'm good. No, I've, I haven't had any issues since. Yeah. It's been, it doesn't want to come out. It's like, no, the mutant cats that are outside. Yeah. Um, Poor cat. So we got um, an email sent in from Naomi Cloutman. Um, and she had listened to um, the wanker of the week. Actually, she put having flashbacks to the wanker, but she couldn't write wanker. She had to use like loads of symbols um, caused me to have my own wanker of the week experience. And then she put in brackets, sorry, the work firewall won't let me use the correct word, despite (laughs) what we do for a living here, which puzzled me because. So many questions. (laughs) Like, if you could just message me back and let me know what you do for a living. (laughs) (laughs) I really am curious now. (laughs) So anyway, she can't write the word wanker, despite what they do for a living. But anyway, she was happily writing. AI (laughs) centre. Maybe, (gasps) maybe. <laughs> um, I'm so intrigued now. That's like I'm one of those people, you know, where you need to know all the information. Like, I really yeah. do need to know all the information. Um, so she said, I'm happily riding my mare river, minding my own business, and I feel something is not quite right down below. As it starts to get more uncomfortable, I start remembering the wanker of the week about the poor lady who wore lace pants to her lesson. Yeah, I don't think any of us will ever forget that. (laughs) She said, do I have lace pants on? No. So why is my fairy starting to hurt? Luckily, it was slightly late, so I was at the yard on my own. So I pulled River up and proceeded to undo my breeches, mildly panicking (laughs) that I was doing myself some sort of injury. My poor girl had to stand there while I contorted myself into all sorts of <laughs> to get a look at the situation. God only knows why I didn't just get off. It turns out... I hope they don't have CCTV on that yard. <laughs> ...that half of my gusset, and then she put in brackets, I hate that word, let's see if the work firewall allows it. It, it did. <laughs> work d- doesn't so mind not, gussets. No, 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 no. Not, no, not, not a pants company anyway. <laughs> Um, had started to rip and stringy bits of cotton were catching my poor bits deciding to half fix the issue so I could continue to ride which is such a horsey thing to do (laughs) yeah oh well (laughs) I yanked the stray bits of cotton and figured that would sort the fairy catching problem (laughs) even if half of it was now exposed to my breeches Oh, it's a good no, job she didn't seems... fall off. Imagine. Yeah. They'd have been like... <laughs> she'd have been <laughs> savaged by a tiger. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> so what kind of saddle soap you're using? <laughs> um, after doing my breeches up, I started schooling again to realise riding with half your fairy unprotected is actually really painful. And after all that effort, I still had to get off and stop our session. 
So it appears that because I had been completely traumatized by the lady with the lace pants and in hysterics, I ended up with my own stupid wanker of the week story that I had to share with you both. But she did take evasive action. She did. Well, the lady, the previous lady didn't. No. Yeah, it's it's just a horrible story. I mean, I I don't know. I just, I I do think about it now and again, that that lace story. (laughs) poor girl it's like a public service we're offering see she's learned from somebody else's mistakes yeah and horse underwear companies should come (laughs) to us for their market research exactly our listeners could test them out yeah and maybe not this lady because if they're no good she'll just be ripping (laughs) ripping (laughs) sabotage (laughs) this is no good So good. Her horse must be quite quiet because if I undid my breeches oh yeah. on pancake and started like merrily ripping bits off my gusset, yeah, I think I'd end up in China. I, I just have to reiterate my previous point of my my sandarina and my sort of my laneway where I hack is right beside a motorway, so I'm <laughs> never free to undo my breeches and <laughs> investigate anything. I just have to get off and go back inside because. I could cause an accident and I wouldn't like to do that imagine cause of accident lady on 17 hand brontosaurus stripping her gusset yeah 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 oh my goodness he'd be like okay never heard that one before (laughs) oh goodness me you'd love to know like though is there some kind of I mean, I haven't actually really researched it. I have to say, I, I do remember the episode with the thong versus the pants. Do you remember that episode? And yeah, I, I definitely come down very strongly in favour of of large pants. I think large pants yes. are a good way forward. Yeah, I, I I think comfy pants. But like, are they are there sort of are there like options out there that are you know rip free, shred free, lace free? Safe to ride in. Don't need investigating mid ride. Don't need cause. To do- like compartment M. syndrome of your ladies area <laughs> like a tried and tested yeah. we could rate them maybe not if any of the listeners i'm not have good testing a thong no no never but maybe if any of the listeners have good pant options they could message messages and let us know yeah and we're going to pass them on to this lady because <laughs> definitely i'm the lace lady definitely her team 100%. she deserves it yeah we should be sponsored sponsored by a sturdy knicker company. Allbigpants.com. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're like the Bridget Jones of riders. Oh my God, I so am. Yeah. I really am. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we are going to leave it there. Um, and when, so our next few episodes are probably going to be specials. And um, we hope you enjoy them. And please, 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 we need your stories and questions and whatever else you want to send us and if you could rate and review the podcast as well that would be amazing so keep in touch on social media on instagram and facebook at book off banter and our email is bookoffbanter at gmail.com thank you so much for listening next time i speak to you i'm probably going to be super 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 sleep deprived so apologies <laughs> for that <laughs> Bye. Bye. I forgot to say bye. Sorry. (laughs) But it started already. (laughs) I've got no hope.